Welcome back to another episode of your favorite craft beer podcast, making craft beer entertaining each and every week. It's The Hop with Gabe and Steven. My name is Steven Humes here with Gabriel Apria. Hello, hello, hello. How are we doing, everybody? And we are here to drink some beer like we do each and every week. This is an exciting episode for us because it's one of those episodes where it's a brewery that's small, unknown, doesn't have a brick-and-mortar facility, brewery you probably haven't heard of, and we get to feature them on the show, which is something we love to do. So uh, very much looking forward to this one. We had to travel far and wide. We had to dig the depths of the earth but we found them, we got them, and we're ready. We are drinking two locals at a good old brotherly love city, Philly. Uh, very exciting, very dope beer. Now, I, I want to say dope brewery, but they don't have their own space, but they're working on it, and they should have it very soon. Uh, but yeah, we're very excited for this one. Uh, this was one we had to search a little bit for, but we got it, and uh, we're going back to Philly, back to brotherly love. Steven has the city behind him. Yeah, they don't have a facility. So if you're on YouTube, you know, I like to have the brewery taproom behind me. I can't. But what's more iconic in Philly than Love Park with the infamous Love, Love statue? So it's a very Philly brewery. We'll get into it. And it seemed it just seemed uh, fitting for them. So here we are. We also have This Week in Gross this week. We got uh, Can Arts and Crafts. We got all the stuff we normally have. So it's a it's another packed episode. So thank you for joining us. Grab a seat. Grab a beer. Crack it open. Let's have some fun. It's also November, which means it's the holidays now. And yeah, I feel great about that, to be honest with you. I don't I how was your Halloween? My Halloween was great. Uh, for those of you who listened a couple episodes ago, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I dressed up as Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian. Apparently, so did the rest of the world. Uh, we made the plan early, but I went all out, did a bunch of the temporary fake tattoos and um Four and a half hours later, I think they're fully off of my body. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a good time. Nice, classic, little chill Halloween party. Uh, drank some good pumpkin beer. Shout out to Elysian. Drank some good pumpkin whiskey. Shout out Southern Tier. And, uh, you know, had some fun. Then watched a scary movie because apparently you're supposed to do that. How was your Halloween, Stephen? I'm so glad it's over. I really, I've been thinking about this like... <laughs> I don't I don't care enough to say that I hate Halloween because I don't hate it. I just am indifferent to it. And I just I've only it's really only started to dawn on me of late, like how much people love this holiday. And I don't understand yeah. it. And I, it's stupid and it's a waste of time and I don't like it. So I'm really glad it's over. Parties, uh, candy, dressing up. I don't I don't get the problem here. Yeah. See, no, that's now it's time for the good holidays. It's like when people say that they don't understand they don't like thanksgiving it's like i'm sorry beer football food and more football and broadway in the morning by the way it's a it's a holiday that's made for me that's how i like to get down so i'm glad halloween is over but i'm i'm glad everyone had fun and 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 uh we drank some great pumpkin beer in our spooky beer episode. I, oh, I stand yeah. by was, it. It was a good that one. That was solid, yeah. yeah. And I, I love that tradition for us. I mean, regardless of the holiday, I just, pumpkin, we love pumpkin beer. And so to be able to do that every year and have like three or four from different breweries, it's uh, it's always a good time. But yeah, yeah, very much looking forward to Turkey Day. Yes, it's the best. That mashed potato is going to get savaged. It's the best. It doesn't, it's just like, it could not be a more perfect day of just, I mean, the only question is how early is too early to start drinking? 
and like the games and and the football is always bad teams and it doesn't matter it's just it's going to be great i i love it so very very much anyway uh round 97 let's focus on that um thank you to everyone for the for the subscribes the likes uh get on it if you're not with it at the ho podcast on all the things uh you can send us emails the at gmail.com and we appreciate it um you can also follow our personal ones if you want to they're listed on the YouTube. I am at Shakespeare Escape is at Gaberade67. Connect with the boys from the hop. Come look. If you want to see me as Travis, come look at my page. Um, yeah. Find us everywhere. Follow us. Subscribe. Connect with us. We love talking to people. We love sharing stories. Uh, we love when people send us articles, gross beers that we can feature for this week in gross, different breweries, different announcements, different... Uh, changes that are happening we will uh, always engage and always connect and as always along with all that let us know what breweries to hit up next let us know what breweries to repeat we are here for you all right let's uh let's do some news beer news so this was kind of interesting, caught my eye this week. Uh, the New York Times did a released an interesting article kind of detailing what they see as the decline of the craft beer bar. And it kind of all started with, uh, we mentioned this in the news and notes, but Falling Rock Tap House in Denver, which has been in existence since 1997, decided in June to close their doors. You know, they had some, it was basically COVID-19 related that they had to, they had some rough years with the Great American Beer Festival, the Gabs, being canceled in 2020 and 2021. So, but the New York Times kind of just talks about how for a variety of reasons, and it's by Joshua Bernstein over there, for a variety of reasons, including tap rooms at breweries, uh, the idea of sort of a craft beer bar with 25 taps where you go to just try a bunch of craft beer from all over the place, that is sort of in decline, according to them. Now, it's unclear whether the trend will stick or not, but I thought it was interesting to read. And also as someone who who deeply loves craft beer bars, because that's different from going to a brewery's tap room, right? It's different beers from all different breweries. So it's a different experience. And we need to support these places because it costs money to have 25 kegs running at all times. At, there, at this point, there are breweries, you know, and they mention a bunch. They mention breweries out of uh, Texas. They me- or, I'm sorry, beer bars out of Texas, beer bars out of, I mentioned Denver before. They did some in California. They, they interviewed a lot of them, and they basically... Some owners were saying, I only have 10 taps running of my 25, 30 taps because I just can't afford to have that much beer on tap at all times. So um, I guess the takeaway there is support your local craft beer bar if you if it matters to you, because otherwise it's also it's also just a dope experience. I mean, we you know, we can never remember the name of the place, but the place in Brooklyn where you swipe a card and however much you pour is however much you pay. I mean, it's a it's a fun experience. It's kind of in or quote unquote interactive in a way, and it gets you to sample more stuff. So, also in the UK, there is a proposed reform of alcohol taxes. This is kind of weird and technical, but it's worth mentioning just because they're basically trying to do a thing where beer the the alcohol duty the tax on it will increase along with alcohol content which is a, a red alert to me because it means <laughs> the breweries will stop brewing. Yeah. 
beer with higher alcohol content. So, and that's no fun. That's never fun. Uh, basically, craft brewers are are pushing back against it. They're saying that you know styles like imperial stouts, double IPAs, might become economically unviable because it will have a higher tax rate for beers above eight point five ABV. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's UK news. Nothing. Nothing we can do about it, but stop it, British people! Don't do this. There's <laughs> no need this. for this. Don't don't start getting in people's heads and start giving them ideas. We don't need that <laughs> because you know sometimes you don't need a heavy percenter, and then sometimes you do. So so this say, is not the answer. Relax. This is not the answer, but I don't know something Ugh. to keep an eye on. Let's talk about some fun news, shall we? Here we go. Firestone Walker has unveiled twenty five which is their 25th barrel-aged anniversary blend. It's the 2021 vintage of their anniversary ale. They do this every year. It puts a song in my heart, people. I don't know how to express my love for this brewery. They have also, uh, along with it, they've released an anniversary trio pack, which comes with this, as well as the 2021 edition of Parabola Autumn. And the 2021 Sticky Monkey, which is my favorite beer of all time. Stamp it, put it in a bottle or a can or a glass. Doesn't matter. Uh, Shit, put it in a Dixie cup. Steven will chug it. It's back. I go to the brewery all the time and I'm like, do you have Sticky? And they're like, no, everyone asks us. We might do it again. (laughs) I thought I literally I was there like six months ago and the guy was like, I think I saw a barrel with Sticky Monkey on it. So it might come back. Well, it has. And it's here. It's 20. I just think it's so funny. Like you go to the brewery and they're like, no, Steven, we don't have (laughs) like like you call and they're like, oh, he's back. (laughs) Sticky Monkey is i mean that's not what i'm here to talk about but it's a central coast quad it's a quad it's asian bourbon barrels it's like this one this edition is 10 percent, but it also it's brewed with belgian candy sugar it's just so ridiculously good anyway the 25th anniversary ale they got winemakers together from a bunch of different uh, wineries in in paso robles so that would be booker vineyard desperado wines epoch estate halter ranch herman story ledge vineyards and all these people collaborated with members of firestone walkers brewmasters collective beer club they took different stabs at blending because what the anniversary ale is is they take a bunch of these on their own amazing blended bourbon barrel or or barrel aged beers they take a bunch of these and they blend them together into something that's like completely unique so there are five beers featured in this 25 uh it is 41 percent parabola parabola autumn which is a russian imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels it is 28 percent tequila barrel merkin which is a milk stout that they aged in bourbon barrels it is 13% Brandy Barrel Barley Wine, which is a blonde barley wine that they aged in Brandy Barrels. It is 10% Sticky Monkey, which I already mentioned, and it's 8% Whiskey Barrel Wheat Wine, which is a strong golden barley wine that they aged in tequila barrels. Good Lord. What do we that want? Is Applause? The- Mike's? Mike? I, I what, don't even... What, what meets our fancy? Let's, it's, let's give them both. Let's give them both. Because they deserve it. Hands up. Yeah, I was just gonna say like this is this is like your favorite, so I was like pick one. But yeah, I this is quite impressive. But I also think of how funny was it? Like, how many taste tests do they have to go through? And they're like, all right, we need a little less sticky monkey, a little more tequila, bump it up, and 
The fact that they had to scientifically pick the percentage. Oof. Damn. Yeah, it's just Hot it's damn. it's a gem and it comes in a box and you can't miss it. And if you have the chance, I would highly, highly recommend. In fact, if anybody is listening to this and looking for uh holiday gift ideas for Steven, <laughs> this would work too. Um yeah, it's it's amazing. Well done, Firestone Walker. Firestone Walker will be featured at some point yeah at some time we're just waiting to give them their proper due which basically means getting gabe out here so we yeah, can yeah, go to the brewery and drink a bunch is. of what i just said because we can't it, buy I knew, all those. i knew i knew that was coming it was like you give them their due gabe get your ass to la so that we can go do a flight of everything i just <laughs> said yeah all right moving right along i am very happy to announce we got more yukon beer baby it's here and this time it's with who else two roads they are partnering with Yukon Athletics. They are launching their Tucon Easy Ale, a 4.3% beer that is described as golden ale inspired, crisp and clean with a touch of sweetness and a kiss of hops for balance. Two Roads is basically doing what Kinsman did. We talked about that two, three weeks ago, I believe. Basically, they're partnering with the Yukon Athletics team uh, department, putting a beer together for uh Husky fans for Connecticut fans, Connecticut inspired. Their one thing, though, was they two roads and this is the geniuses have said they understand that not everyone is a big IPA fan. They understand that some people want something easy they can sip on. Hashtag the Bud Lightheads. No disrespect. So they said, let's make it kind of for a broad audience. Let's make it low ABV. Let's make it easy sipping. And uh I don't see any problems here with that. You can sign me up right away. Uh, the announcement came a little while ago because I shared it on my personal uh, Instagram because I saw it and I said, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, but it is coming out uh, now. The original plan was for the brewery to release it for the start of the men and women's basketball seasons. But they also recognize that it's also for the football season that is currently underway slash tailgating slash party slash if you're in Connecticut and you want to support the Huskies or if you want to support two roads. Uh, but the beer is out. It looks really dope. Um, this coming February, the brewery will also add cans to their lineup with 12 ounce, 12 packs and 16 ounce, four packs. So you'll be able to get the beer at UConn events at the brewery and then very soon throughout New England and local liquor stores. Look out for it. It is the, once again, Two Roads, Two Con Easy Ale. And then also, if you don't want that one, Kinsman also has their Husky Hops one. This is becoming a weekly segment at this point, which kind of sucks, but uh, all right, we've lost another one. Uh, Stone Brewing has announced that they are closing their tap room in Napa, California. This sucks, uh, it is very abrupt. It comes kind of out of nowhere, which is what abrupt means. But uh, Stone Brewing, I've been to this. It's a, it's this amazing building. It's like this uh, 1877 Boreal building they've renovated, and it's like right on a waterfall, and they were right in the heart of downtown Napa, and um, it was just an amazing space. But they had a, a dispute with the landlord over rent payments during the pandemic, and Stone Brewing uh, unfortunately had to had to shut it down so stone in napa is no more now we mentioned a similar thing with the shoots last week stone has plenty of other tap rooms stone brewing is fine 
I'm always a little bit unsure whether to play this music. It does seem like we're making a joke out of it. But we're not we're, trying we're to. We're just trying to lighten the mood, honestly. Anytime yeah. a brewery tap room closes, it's never a good thing, especially because of the pandemic. Um, yeah. you know, it's not like, oh, we're moving. It's like, no, this horrible thing that happened to the world caused this. So that sucks. Uh, but yeah, we featured Stone. We love their beers. Uh, support them. They're around everywhere. And uh, hopefully this won't uh limit them too much as you know as steven said there's a bunch they got a bunch of other tap rooms so they'll be fine, fine. The, real, the losers here are our peop- visitors to napa, that landlord california. and him but visitors to <laughs> napa california really because it was a it was a great space a great place to drink beer and it sucks that they won't be there anymore you got to get down to escondido now all right let's do Find this yes This week in gross. <laughs> this one comes to us out of Atlanta. Uh, the currently fighting for the World Series Atlanta, city of Atlanta. Um, Second Self Beer Woo. Company. They may have won by the time this episode drops or lost. <laughs> uh, Second Self Beer Company is a uh, beverage incubator down there. Uh, they have a bunch of beer brands, a CBD infused seltzer, different things like that. Well, they have collaborated with Atlanta Influences Everything to make what they're calling Lemon Pepper Wet Sour. It is a Berliner Weiss made with pineapple, lemon, Meyer lemon puree, vanilla, with you so far, Black pepper and white pepper. Mm. Confusing. And then they called it a wet sour. A wet. Yeah, that's the one word out of this entire thing that really throws me off. Lemon pepper sour. I feel like I wouldn't say gross. I'd say like maybe not for me, but I'll try it. I, there's something about the word wet that it just makes me go like, wait, what? Uh, I think the fact that it's lemon and wet doesn't help because all I'm picturing is yellow liquid. And yeah. what? And what does that say to you, Gabe? Piss. Yes, it's not good. It's not a big good. old bag of piss. I mean, uh, it's a sour with pepper in it. I think that if you, I think that if you try, it's probably. Maybe the segment should be called This Week in Weird, but we have one drop and I'm not making another one. So it is what it is. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They The brewery said uh, it's a bold beer and it's something really out of the box and special. We're excited yeah. to partner with a great organization and give our customers something new and unique to Atlanta. And Out of the is, box. Gee, you think? It originally debuted on Halloween uh, at doing a soft launch, but it's going to be around at uh at the brewery or it i guess maybe they'll be distributing it i don't really know um but it's also part of a a fundraising yes this thing, is the right? good part of it this is the good part the good part is and i'm quoting 50 percent of all profit will benefit atlanta influences everything's careers of tomorrow program which aims to encourage young people in the atlanta public school system to explore new careers emerging from the growth of the internet and social media great Love it. Wonderful. I just don't understand why you can't brew just like a normal beer for this. Why has it got to be a sour? Uh, people, you know, a lot of people like sours. A lot of people don't like sours. So, hey, if you try it and it's good, let us know. I don't have as much conviction about this being gross. It's mostly the name. I just 
really could have done without the word wet. I think most beer is wet. It's not dry. Yeah, I, I'll give it that. I mean, the can it's is a liquid. not horrible. It's got a little lemon with sunglasses looking like he's having some fun. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think on Can Arts and Crafts, you'd get a solid seven or eight. But the other photos that are with, uh, uh, no, I, I don't know. Not for me. But what do I know? Y'all do you. Y'all do y'all. We are in the South. All right, Gabe. <laughs> let's uh, let's go to Philly. Let's go to Philly in the best way we know how, with a drinking toast for all. Ho, 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 to the bottle I go, to heal my heart and drown my woe. Rain may fall and wind may blow, and many miles be still to go. But under a tall tree will I lie, and let the clouds go sailing by. And then we're going to end on a fun quote. Beer, because you don't win friends with salad. Cheers. It always brings a song to my heart when the toast ends around that swell in the music. When we when we use that I one. I had the perfect length for it. The second I stopped, I was like, yes, on the drop. Let's <laughs> get it. Ah. Let's, let's do it. Let's kick it off with a with a brown ale here, Ooh, if we yeah. could. Um, this is. I was about to say we haven't had a brown ale on the show in a while, although technically the Dogfish Head Pumpkin was a brown ale. So, tis true. I, I guess not. But this is there. Uh, two locals brewing again. They're they're out of Philly. Small brewery doesn't have a tap room yet. Uh, kind of doing some. And it was just this year that they released their beers in cans. So the three beers that they have are really, uh, and we're doing the two OG ones. So they're really their flagship brews. Hell yeah. The Nubian Brown Ale is the name of it. It's 5.7% ABV. Untapped has it at 3.92. No rating from Beer Advocate, no IBU information. It is on the SRM chart. I would say it's like a 36, 37. It's kind yeah, of... Yeah, if you hold it up to the light, it's got that redness to it. It kind of looks yes. like very dark wood. Yes, it is not black. It's more of a mahogany color. It has like a reddish glow on the outsides. It's definitely not a 40 or anything. It's You know what's brown. interesting? It kind of looks like the can. Like if you look on YouTube, mm, you see the yeah. can's like, like it's got that brown, but it's got that like reddish brown, like that maroon Yes, it's exactly, yeah, it's like this dark, deep mahogany color. Yeah. It poured with, I would say, a thin cap. There was not a lot of head on this one. It was, uh, what was there was sort of fizzy, Coca-Cola-like. It dissipated pretty quickly. No lacing to speak of. So the brewery's description uh, is brewed with a complex malt base. This beer has a beautiful brown complexion with aromas and flavors of fresh baked bread roasted nuts and medium roasted coffee with a light touch of sweetness in the finish well i already took a sniff and i would agree on that um definitely a little nutty uh i'm getting a little bit of chocolatey but i'm getting a little bit of that brown sugar that we got last week uh a little bit of like 
I, I'm so glad I get to use this because I love drinking this. Car- like caramel iced coffee. Just a hint of it, but it's in there. It's hiding in the background. Yeah, there's a hint of sweetness in the on, on the nose. But the primary thing is is definitely the malt and the bread. And it is it's fresh. It's like a doughy. It's like yeah, uh, you know, like you're in you're in the bakery and they're just there's whole wheat loaves coming out of like I don't know, like some kind of dark like pumpernickel bread or something. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of nuttiness to it for sure. Nutmeg. Yeah, there's a little bit of spiciness, I guess. Like um just just like you know how when you're like baking something, you just you do like one of these, just like a just a quick little dash. A dash, yes. As as Emerald would say, a little bam. Like just just that oh, little bit. My heart. Ah, oh, love that. He's he's okay, right? What's he doing? I think he's uh I think he owns all of New Orleans at this point. Oh. Um there's a little fruitiness too, I would say, slight hint of maybe some cherry, like subtle, subtle bit, but it's it's in there. Um but it's clean on the nose. I think that there's it doesn't blow you away in any one direction or another. It's pretty uh pretty subtle aroma in a good way. This beer also won a homebrew competition in Philadelphia, which was one of the things that gave the owners uh, confidence that that it was worthy being part of their debut lineup, um, which is why it's one of the first beers they put out. So the people of Philly liked it. I think, yeah, I think this was like the one beer that they were like, yeah, this is all we got so far. And everyone was like, hey, all right. Yeah, so. I mean, they've done, well, we'll get into it, but they've done collaborations with breweries. So it's not like they've just spent the last five years, uh, you know, brewing these these two or three beers, but um, this is one that they kind of stand behind as, again, sort of a flagship for them. So it's uh, it's a brown ale, it's the Nubian, and we are now going to drink beer together. In West Philadelphia, born and raised. Mm. Ooh. It's pleasant going down because... You said it smells clean. I think it tastes clean, too. Like, I'm getting a lot of flavors, but it goes down very easily. There's not a lot of bitterness in the back. There's some, but it just goes down smoothly, and it's it's almost a little... It, it's just clean going down. I really like, I enjoy it. Um, I am getting a little roasted malt. I am getting a lot of those brown ale flavors, I think there's more brown sugar on the smell. I think there's a little more of that fruitiness on the smell than the taste. Uh, Not getting a whole lot of sweetness on the taste, but that's not necessarily needed in this moment in time. Um, Yeah, I would say the predominant things for me are roasted malt, um, nuttiness, absolutely. Uh, Some little bit of coffee chocolate for sure like um like dark chocolate really like that dark bitter sweet thing there is not a lot of sweetness i i would agree i think it's not i don't get like brown sugar or anything like that what i do get is uh the fruitiness that i was talking about before i don't know if it's cherry i might lean in the direction of like berries like maybe raspberry or blackberry um yeah because it's that. it's not cherry sweet but it's there, there's a fruitiness there for sure yeah. Um, and in terms of hoppiness, you know, there's an earthiness to this for sure. Um, I would agree with you that the, the mouthfeel is, it's very clean. It's very, very easy to drink. I would say that 
I got a surprising hit of booziness, which is interesting. Like I definitely could taste the booze, which it's only 5.7%. So it's like you could see where uh, maybe I just have Firestone Walker on the brain. I'm like, oh, they put this shit in a barrel. This could be like, you could bump that up real quick. (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. I I get that for sure. I I don't know if I'm getting like, oh man, that's strong, but I'm definitely getting a little like, oh yeah, it's a beer. No, no, it's it definitely not like ooh, ooh, it's not like that, but it's just like, oh yeah, there's there's definitely booze in there. It's not it's not sweet, it's not just all flavor. Um the malt is the star of the show. The roasted malt is the star of the show. Some great sticky lacing to the sides of the glass. Um it's really nice. The head retention is kind of staying with just like that little centimeter size of it. Um, but it's it's there and yeah. I, I the nuttiness is really quite. You know what's interesting is mine is great. not lacing at all. Like mine oh, is. Oh really? Mine is. Yeah, there's really no legs on this one. It's going away pretty quickly. But oh, interesting. Different. We, different glasses. Yeah, I I got a uh, beer emoji glass. What would you call this? The mug, beer mug, the mug. And I have there a pint is. glass. Uh, and as far as mouthfeel, I will say the carbonation is moderate um i don't think that this beer is you know i read some some early reviews of it that said that the flavor was a little bit light the possibly the beer was a little thin i don't think so i think it has exactly the kind of body you want for a brown ale so maybe that's just the brewery improving it over time but i think that this this is a classic brown ale and done done really well it's balanced you know um I don't want for anything off this beer other than, well, you know, if it, down the line, put it in a bourbon barrel. Yes, I was just about to say that because you said it and now it's in my head. This beer is very good. However, I think this would be this would kill in a barrel. It would be so good in a yeah. barrel and like maybe some extra spices, uh, maybe a rum barrel, maybe a definitely whiskey bourbon, but maybe rum barrel. I, it might, it might give it a little more fruitiness. Yeah, sure. But that's jazz, right? Like we're, right. we're in a, we're For talking sure. about a brewery that, that is young and right. basically it's like get the basics down. And as far as like just doing your scales, this one hits, hits every note and hits it the right <laughs> way. And then you could start, then you could get a little jazzy, you know, down then the line. Then you could play Ode to Joy without yes. having to look at the page. It's, Great. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this brewery a little bit. Um, Brotherly love makes sense because it was founded by two brothers. Two brothers mm. who who love each other, I assume. Uh, <laughs> Would hope so. Richard and Mengistu Coiler are their names, and I hope I'm saying those correctly. Mengistu is the older brother. He was born in Liberia. He moved to the United States when he was seven. Richard was born and raised in Philly. They are Philly boys. Uh, They started brewing in 2016 on a homebrew kit. They moved from uh, the backyard where they were brewing to the kitchen. And then they started bringing their beers to events. Family and friends got involved. You know, ipso facto brewery. So (laughs) they... um, and, And their quote is, the more we got into the brewing industry, the more we realized the lack of black brewers and black owned breweries. It's our mission to bring the first black owned brewery to Philadelphia and show our community the opportunities available in the brewing industry. So that's their mission. And it's distinctly 
Philly centric. Like I said, um, they talked about the sort of origin of their name and how basically when they started brewing, they noticed that people who were not from Philadelphia would move to Philadelphia and, and open breweries. We didn't feel like they truly represented Philly. We wanted to represent what the majority of Philadelphia is made of, hence the name to locals. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, yeah, they're, they're Philly through and through. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, as we mentioned, they don't have a brick and mortar operation, but they are on the hunt for one. Uh, they're currently brewing out of Mainstay Independent Brewing, which operates at FCM Hospitality's Craft Hall in Northern Liberties. And they've obviously got something figured out because they have three beers. They make it. They know what they're doing. This brown ale is great. We'll see what the next one brings. Um, but you can still get their beer. That's uh, available for delivery and or pickup through their website and at some stores. Uh, if you go to their website and click on the beer, I think automatically it prompts you to enter in your address and information. Yep. And if you're in the area, they can deliver to you or you can go pick it up. Uh, so you can get your hands on this beer, which is very good for everyone, but it's good for us. Yeah, they're contract brewing at the moment, but they, they do delivery through uh, Beer Me, I think is what it is, or Beer.me. It's that like B-I-E-R uh, M-E dot M-E. Dot, I think it's, yeah, I think it's or, M-E.com, yeah, okay. Beer Me. So they do delivery through that, um, but like I said, they just started putting their beer in cans. Um, they used to take their beer to events and things like that, but now... They have three that you can get in cans. You can get them. Uh, they distribute to certain stores in the area or the delivery, or you can get it at, like uh, Gabe said, the Craft Hall, which is in Northern Liberties, and it's where Mainstay, Mainstay Brewing's facility is. They contract brew out of there, so you can get their beers there as well. So there's there's ways to get your hands on it. Um, they are hoping to open a brick-and-mortar operation uh, down the road, Sooner than later, I think they were looking at it, but got delayed by the pandemic and all that. They're looking for a space. They also say they want to educate the community, open doors about opportunities that the brewing industry has to offer their community, their community being, you know, being Philly, but also being that they are the first black owned brewery in in Philadelphia. And they're they're very aware of that disparity that we talk about all the time and they want to be part of the change. So absolutely. And uh just snowballing off of that, part of the change is getting in on the Black is Beautiful collaboration. Uh, they collaborated with Harris Family Brewing of Harrisburg and Double Eagle Malt of Hud- Huntingdon Valley uh, on the beer. Um, they uh, locally they sold them locally at Love City Brewing, another brewery we featured. We love them as well. Um, they raised more than $9,000 and donated to support Black Black Lives Matter movements. Um, the beer they say the beer sold out in 2 days, which is amazing, unheard of. Um, but when they do get their own space, they say they want to make the Black is Beautiful once a year and donate all the proceeds to help fight racial and social injustice. So another reason why just getting that the space is going to be so beneficial for them because they'll be able to make an even bigger impact than the one they have already made uh, regarding the area, the neighborhood, the community, Black is Beautiful, all of that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're here for it. We're here to support it. And, uh, fellas, if you're listening, let you give us you give us that address. We are coming. We will be first in line. Yeah, and I think that that 
Black is Beautiful collab with Harris Family really helped put this place on the map. You know, I mentioned they started in 2016. They have been around a little bit. They call uh, beer their five to nine because they, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> because th- that's how new the brewery is, right? They're, they are still working their day jobs, their nine to five. So they call beer their five to nine. But the Black is Beautiful thing really helped them. It helped put them on the map in the Philly craft beer scene in a in a different kind of way and get attention and get press and get all those kinds of things. But it takes money, you know. It's so I mean, go to their website, buy their beers, buy their merch, you know, support if you can because yeah. um, because it takes resources to be able to find a space and all that kind of stuff. So that's what they're in the process of doing. And it's one of the things that I love about our show. I said it before and I will say it again that, you know, sometimes we're doing Stone Brewing or Sierra Nevada or whatever, Dogfish Head. Sometimes we're doing a brewery like this that literally it's not even their full-time job. You know, they're still yeah. at the grassroots uh, level, which Honestly, I impressive. Love. I Listen. I don't know if it's just me, but after a nine to five, or I'm kind of exhausted. Getting yeah, the gym I need a beer. Thing. I don't want to make a beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These guys are just churning yeah. them out. So well done. Um, but as Steven mentioned, we have the other OG. Yes. And I'm very excited to try it. Yeah. Do we, uh, do we have final thoughts on this puppy? My final thought on this is that this is a great way to kick things off. I think... I don't. I can't speak to what other people were tasting, what other reviewers have uh, posted online or anything like that. But I can say that from what I'm tasting, this is a classic brown ale that's very well balanced. It shows uh, respect for and understanding of the style, and um, I think it can only go up from here. So I love it, and it's it's an easy drinker with bold flavors. It does what a brown ale is supposed to do, right? It's not it's not crushable because it's a little bit more flavorful than that. But it's um, a beer that's that's robust and flavorful without it's not going to ruin your day. It's one you could just drink. It's great. I mean, I've been drinking it and uh, I feel pretty warm and fuzzy inside. So I don't think I'm sober anymore. But here we are. Um, yeah, I'll, I just I, I can't really add anything to that. Um, clean going down. Great flavors. Great way to start. Let's see what else they got. Great. Well, then let's move into beer numero dos. And it is the prolific hazy IPA. We are switching gears. We're getting back to what Gabe and Steven refer to as home and IPA. And here we go. It is 6.4%. No IBUs to speak of. Beer Advocate has yet to review it. Losers. Uh, Untapped has it at a 3.95. The uh, one, as Stephen said, one of the flagship brews. Uh, the brothers wanted to brew an IPA due to their popularity, and they received positive feedback everywhere they took this beer. And the quote from the brewery says, "With prolific, we wanted to create a juicy, flavorful IPA that is easy drinking and within the sweet spot, with the ABV not too high and not too low." Well done. We named it prolific to respect Nipsey Hustle. Yes, amazing. Well done, guys. We want to be prolific brewing company. We want to be a prolific brewing company, produce a lot of beers, and be prolific in giving back to our community. And on the SRM chart, uh, we're looking at a uh, gold in a glass. I would say like a seven or an eight. 
Yep, I would agree. It's definitely hazy, true to the style. Uh, you cannot see through it. It had a very thick head. The foam is sort of eggshell. It's not quite white. Uh, Pillowy. Yeah, it was very dense, very tight. Uh, it has now receded slowly, but there's some lingering foam, some lacing. Uh, yeah, the cap has gotten gotten weird. It's like this, like floating bit of foam in the middle. It's but it's that's, it, that's what I have too. Yeah, it's receded, but it was it was there for a while. This beer is brewed with Simcoe and Mosaic hops, mm. uh, so it's got copious amount of oats and wheat first, as far as the malt bill is concerned. Then it's whirlpooled with a heavy dose of Simcoe hops, and finally double dry hopped with more Simcoe and more Mosaic. So. That's pretty classic. We don't have any Citra in here, but the Simcoe, the Mosaic, I mean, we're going to be looking at all the tropical flavors you can think of. Grapefruit, mango, guava, citrus, you know, et cetera, et cetera, pineapple, orange, tangerine, you name it. That's what we're looking at here. Um, and basically the brewery, Richard and Mengistu said they, they wanted to do an IPA just due to the IPA's popularity. They wanted something, you know, that that basically as their flagship beer, something that could be a crowd pleaser and this this was it. They got positive feedback everywhere. They took this, and so uh, and so here we are. Lots of bubbles. Uh, if you're looking at the glass, lots of bubbles just heading to the top. Uh, smells very tropical. Smells very boozy. Smells very hoppy. Smells like an IPA. However, the other word I want to describe this, and I don't mean this negatively. I mean this positively in the form of IPA. It's got a little bit of like that hoppy mustiness to it. But that's not a bad thing. That's not it's not a bad smell. It just it smells like a hoppy IPA. Yes, I would my my word for it would be spicy personally, but it's earthy and spicy. Earthy. It's, that's that's what I'm looking for. I okay. Yeah. Earthy, yes. It's that um because the first thing you get is all the citrus, as I said, orange, grapefruit, you know, I mean it's juicy, juicy, mango, guava, papaya. But Behind that, there is some because it, it's it's hoppiness, but not a piney hoppiness. It's not like dank. It's uh, earthy. I think is just the best way to describe it. It's something a little bit vegetal. I don't get a lot of smell of malt or anything like that. I mean, it's there, but I I don't get a lot of that. I think that's going to be more about a mouthfeel and taste thing. Um, you know, Simcoe and Mosaic hops. They, they do what they're supposed to do, and then the double dry hopping, that's what gives it that kick of spiciness, I think. Yes. Um, trying, to, trying to describe what earthiness I'm getting. I, I don't know if I can put my tongue on it yet, but off the smell. But it's, I, I, I mean, you blindfold me. This is an IPA, so. Absolutely. Let's get prolific. Let's get prolific up in this piece yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's like drinking a glass of orange juice with pulp. And that part's important. Not that there's pulp in this. I don't taste any of that. But <laughs> you know when you drink orange around. juice with pulp, it's got like um, a... Like tanginess. Yeah, and a... Uh, earthiness is really the best word for it, but it's like... um something off the rind of the orange. Like you can taste the sort of fruit in there and it's not just sweet. That's what I'm trying to say is that this is not like drinking, you know, 
just juice or nectar. It's not super sweet. It's definitely uh, balanced. And that's what happens when you put Mosaic and Simcoe together. So it makes sense. It is very, very juicy. It's very much a New England IPA. Plenty of citrus. No piney bitterness. Um, I do think that, you know, I, I always like to talk about when there's oats in a beer, uh, that does something very specific to the IPA. Tends to be something that happens a lot with New England IPAs, and uh, they bring a creaminess to this. They bring yeah. a creaminess to the mouthfeel. They bring the haze yep. that's in the glass. Um, but so the, the mouthfeel is creamy. It, the carbonation is zingy. Um, it's not as sort of luscious as like some of the higher ABV New England IPAs can be. This is more easier than easier drinking than that, but there's there's no booziness in here. Um, it's very flavorful. It's sweet without being too sweet. It is balanced, as balanced as a New England IPA can be, um, but definitely classic New England IPA, once again. Grapefruit peel, lemon orange peel, the rind, as you said. Um, the whole orange juice pulp thing is starting to make a little more sense to me. The I feel like the mouthfeel is pretty full, in my opinion. Um, I think it's you know, no problem going down or anything, but it's got that little bit of creaminess to it that gives it a little, makes it a little smooth going as it goes down your palate in the back of your throat. I like the little bit of bitterness in the back. I think it's flavorful and it leaves you just tasting other things. But uh, yeah, for, for a beer that doesn't, you said it's not made with Citra, right? No Citra, Simcoe and Mosaic. For for a beer that doesn't have citra in it, I'm getting a lot of citrus, so that's kind of interesting. I also am getting a hint of pineapple. Well, the Simcoe and Citra and Mosaic all kind of ride in the same family. But the, right. I think for me, um, more of that earthiness, the sort of hoppy spiciness tends to be bumped up when citra's not involved. I think Simcoe and Mosaic are the two that are often put with Citra to bring that side of it. So now when you have Simcoe and Mosaic together and then you combine it with dry hopping, double dry hopping, um, it's it, it definitely leads into that. But they're all kind of of the same family. So yes, I mean, Citrus is easily the star of this show. No question about it, you know? And what's, inter what's interesting to me about this is that I feel like if I had to pick one specific destination location to drink it, I feel like I can't. I feel like I can drink this maybe in the summer. I can drink this now that it's fall out. Um, I I can I, I I can picture myself at a barbecue, but also at some sort of like lodge, cabin lodge almost. Like I feel like it's not specified to one season. Yeah, it's a crowd pleaser. I mean, that's what they were trying to do with it, right? And it, I think it it totally, totally is. And, you know, it's. I think uh, it doesn't blow me away in terms of there's no, you know, once again, there's no twists or turns on this. It's, it's classic New England IPA. But I think, like I said before, that is something to be actually commended because, once again, it shows a knowledge of the craft a respect for the craft there's balance here it's a good one it's not it's not too sweet it's not even too tropical to be honest it's really no. the citrus that i'm getting is more orange and grapefruit and less yeah. 
mango pineapple, you know, which the makes pineapples a difference. is the is like an accent. Yes. And it's not even on the taste or the smell or, or first sip. I think the pineapple is like on the back end, but everything else, the orange for me, it's orange, lemon, grapefruit forward. You yeah, know, and a little bit of lingering bitterness in the back end. It's this not beer, made with any fucking pepper, I'll tell no, you that much. It's it's not wet, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this beer would make, you know, would make my dad happy, right? It would make if you like an IPA, you're going to love this. There's no nothing wrong with it. It's it's yeah. It's solid. So, I don't I don't think this is uh I had a long day at the office. Let me grab something random kind of beer though. I think this is a uh, you need to appreciate it. You need to know what you're drinking. You need to get a nice pint glass, case in point, and pour it smoothly sort of beer. I mean, I feel like I think that just because of the brewery itself, just because I know sort of how much it costs, like I'm talking about not financially, but just like the the piece of their soul that's in this can because they are such a young brewery, right? Yeah. Um, that said, though, if this was a beer from like Stone... I'd be like, this could be, give me a six pack of this, whatever, just throw it back. Because it's, it's just a classic New England IPA, you know? That does matter sometimes. Sometimes, depending on the size of the brewery and, you know, just who they are, that does kind of make a difference sometimes in the sense yeah. of not necessarily how good the beer is. I would argue maybe when and where and how you drink it and the appreciate, the, the attention you give it. I feel like both these beers deserve the attention that we have given it them. I agree. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that's, that's what we try to do here on the show. And we're here to give it it's, it's due. I just, you know, and it's not to say that a, just a standard New England IPA is not something to be commended either. It takes craft to do something that sort of simple, but as a drinker, yeah. you don't drink it and go, you know, wow, this is blowing me. Like, no, it's it's not, and I, it's not supposed to, but it's just a it's a solid nipa. I didn't like it either. I didn't like it I, either. I, we'll we'll circle back to it because uh, New England N E I P A nipa nipa. All right. Well, are you ready to uh, to take the listeners on a on an artistic visual visual journey? I'm not sober, so yes. <laughs> Can Art and Crafts. All right. As always, we're going in order. We've got the Nubian Brown Ale. For both these beers, we see two locals plastered right in front. Big, bold letters, black canned background, and a little bit of that maroon coloring. And if you look closely, the outline appears to be some sort of an outline of a person. It looks to be a woman identifying person uh, with a little bit of a necklace and headdress. Um, that was kind of a cool little tidbit on the side with the reddish hue coloring to it. It's not just random. It's adding to the can. And then we've got the prolific and what appears to be flowers and hops. And this one has like the gold coloring almost. It's like a little bit of the paler yellow side, but also kind of looks golden uh, New Orleans Saints fans uh, can relate. They will like the coloring. Both are really cool. 
I, you know me, I love like a, a black background with some bright colors, and I feel like both cans really do that. Uh, on the can arts and crafts side of things, I want to give it a 7.5. I think these are pretty nice. The colors could be a little brighter, but sometimes you don't need them to be a little bit brighter. And, uh, you know, you just know what you're drinking. Everything is just big, bold, right in front of you, and it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Bob Ross is here. He agrees. He uh, took some time off to go trick-or-treating, but he's back with us now. And uh, he wants to say hi. He wants to say thank you for joining us. He wants to say another great edition of Can Arts and Crafts. Two locals brewing, brewed with passion, brewed with pride. That's what it says on their cans, and it's true. Uh, in terms of what they have on tap, as we mentioned, it's these two with one other beer. They also uh, released, later in the summer, they released a Who You Wit, which is a Belgian-style wheat beer at uh, 5.7%. And then they do beer collabs from time to time. We mentioned their Black is Beautiful. Um, but these are the three that you can get right now, uh, primarily in Philly, as we said. So that delivery and all that, that's, if you're in the area, it's local, you know, on-demand delivery. So uh, check them out. Great brewery, definitely one that this is one where, you know, your support will mean something to them. So if you Absolutely. can, Absolutely. do it, you know. And if you can't get these beers, get their Black is Beautiful. If you can't get those Black is Beautiful, get the other beers that they've collabed on. You know, Harris Family Brewing, Double Eagle Malt. I mean, look out Worst for them. Worst case, They're... get a t-shirt. Worst case, get a t-shirt and clothe yourself. <laughs> Education. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna, sober. We need to go. Last call. Whatever you did for Halloween, it probably wasn't this cool. <laughs> Honestly. Gabe, Honestly. Take it away. You've heard of haunted houses. You've heard of haunted hay rides. You've heard of haunted anything else. I don't know if you've ever heard of a haunted car wash drive through i have not until this very moment Tell same here i certainly have not this is in japan this is very specific but it is what it is they have a drive through haunted house which is very scary and very bloody but they wash your car when the terror is over uh this was made with a production production company called Please forgive me. <laughs> Kawagarasate, a.k.a. the Scaredy Squad. And the idea of doing a haunted car wash came about because of the pandemic. They wanted to do a haunted house. Pandemic hit. Can't get close. And uh, the founder, Kenta Iwana, told CNN Travel, when I read that drive through theaters were making a comeback, it was my aha moment. So... You're in your car, you're driving through, it's apparently pitch black, which in a confined space pitch black you can't see, that would be terrifying if people were running up to your window, banging on the car door, blood flying everywhere, but don't worry, at the end of it, you get a nice car wash. I think it's a great idea, I think it's hilarious, and I have some concerns about it, because are you a neutral the whole time? 
What if somebody accidentally hits the gas? Yes, I think that I think that they're. I probably, think our minds both went to the same space, so I well, think we could talk about this. I assume that it's like yes, your car is in neutral <laughs> and or off, and it's being towed through this thing. I it's would kind hope of, so. It's genius, though, right? Because um, I I I can only speak for myself, but uh, when I was a kid. Going through car washes was terrifying because you go in and it gets dark and the car is surrounded and it's like, and I mean, I feel like that one of the, um, one of the final destinations did something like that where they like yeah. somebody died in a car wash and it was yep. like, what do you do? You're stuck in there. You can't go forward. You can't go back. You're just stuck. And like it, I mean, that's a different Ooh. situation, but I think putting a haunted house in that, in that where you're like in your car and it's dark and you're just like and then there's shit just popping up against your windows in a car wash that's genius is it worth 75 bucks i don't know but it's genius well that's the other thing that'll well, be a long I, ass I car it, wash i think it might be because well the other thing is you can pay an extra nine dollars for an extra bloody experience so i mean i don't know it's like you're getting entertained and you're also getting a car wash out of it it might be worth it but uh, there's, there's a video on YouTube. You can check it out and, you know, the actors get like interviewed and it's their whole thing of, you know, they're just like these blood demons and they go up to your car and they scare you. And I, I think it's pretty genius. I just think, you know, who's going to be that one guy who's like driving a Cadillac, like stop hitting the car door. This was car was expensive. Like, I mean, I don't, I think, I think you drive in at your own, your own risk. risk. I don't think you're going to take your fucking luxury prize vehicle into this car wash and let a bunch of actors just leap but it's also probably gone now so you probably can't do it anymore but it's just yeah. a genius idea to me like it really is it's such a creative use of the of the haunted house medium if you will and it makes sense with the whole COVID. Th- i mean back this was uh back before vaccines when it first hit when everyone said holy shit what do we do uh, this was, you know, back way back when, and it was just another experience like, okay, this is perfect because we don't have to, well, in closed space, we don't have to get close to anyone. And I I just think it's really great. I did a haunted Wait, was house. This, was this haunted house this year or last year? It, I believe it was still, it's still around, but it started in 2020. It started in 2020. Okay. Yes. So it's still, you could still do it but this it became the idea once covid first hit Mm, okay 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 well and i mean i i went to a haunted house recently and i have to i'm not a big fan of the jump scares i oh god oh i know oh yeah you know but it was a lot of fun i had a good time and uh i feel like a car wash where you're in a, a cl- enclosed box and it's just moving slowly makes it even more because when you're in a haunted house, you can decide how fast you want to walk when you're in the car and it's in neutral. Uh, uh-uh, uh, you're stuck. This is apparently, so I'm, I'm just Googling a little bit now because, um, I'm going down a haunted car wash rabbit hole and apparently this idea is taking off. I don't know if the Japanese one is happening this year or not. We might've just been talking about that for no reason, but they did do one in Anaheim this year, which is like so close to me. Uh, and they've inspired a whole bunch because it is a genius sort of COVID idea, right? I mean, they're all done now, but it is a genius idea because you don't need masks or anything like you're you're in your car. You're separate. There's a barrier, you know, so it's that Japanese version of it sort of whether they did it again this year or not 
inspired uh, lots of or a number of other companies to sort of go that route in 2021, which is dope. I just think it's it's such a it's such a great idea that's like it's right there. And then it took right. the Japanese to be that genius and, and make the Doesn't connection. Doesn't it always though? It does. It does indeed. They're just <laughs> better at art than us. How do you drive oh. home after that? After getting scared, I feel like I'd be like, "Oh god, oh god." That was weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't okay, know. we're gonna go, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Support to locals brewery out of Philadelphia, Philadelphia's first black owned brewery doing everything right brewed with passion brewed with pride brewed with love i would say brotherly love hey. uh, give them your support because they more than deserve it and we will we... be back next week for another great episode thirsty thursday as always robert tonyan feel better uh. i love you buddy what we last week okay bye